0: A great pleasure. We've known uh, Beverly and I, we've known Steve for a very long time and I've learned a lot from this, this man. He's just such a wonderful friend and one of the things we've learned is how to have fun in the presence of God and how the spirit of the stiff upper lip dropped off me years ago. When he, put, when he put his hands on me and something dramatic happened. And sometimes we don't realize until many years later what's happened. So it's very good of you to come, Steve, because I know you're, you're pretty busy. He goes to the uh, Toronto Airport Church and teaches in the School of Ministry there and will be going back um, sometime soon. And uh, he really does have a fantastic deliverance and healing anointing. And uh, it's a a delight to have you. And uh, we've had such a wonderful time together. We've had great ministry in our house, uh, putting up with Steve. (laughs) And him putting up with us. We've had so so much laughter. You know, and laughter is such a wonderful thing. It, it, It brings healing to our bodies, doesn't it? And we've had a great, great time. So I think it really joined you. Steve, could you come up and could you reach your hands out to him? Because we want him to deliver the, the, the rhema word of God, don't we? And that's the word that will go for, forth out of his mouth like a double-edged sword. So Dave, could you come come help? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, might be. There any... Yeah.
2: yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: What else do you want to say about you? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> I'm, so, from, I'm from Bristol, my talker. He comes from yeah. Br- Br- Bristol. That's where we met. We were in the Church Bristol Christian Fellowship many years ago. So, Steve, we just bless you. Thank you. We thank you that you've got uh, a word that's been incubating thank on your heart. You. And now's oh. the time to deliver that word. Oh. And, Father, oh. we declare over Steve that that word is going to go forth out of his mouth like a double-edged sword and a prophesy that every single person in this room is going to be touched like when when the fire came in the upper room and touched every person. So, Father, we thank you for that anointing upon you, Steve. In Jesus' name.
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. It's really nice, wasn't it? Actually, nice is all about cream cakes, isn't it? So, it's it's better than nice, isn't it? If you really do get... um, Anybody cold here? No. If you really do get the spirit of... Never mind, a heart. Just come out here and lift up your arms, okay? As long as you face that way up here. It's really nice. Um, I want to talk about going beyond the limits tonight. And uh, I was so touched with the song that we sang about God pulling us deeper and also some of the prophetic words and prayers about limitations and that sort of thing. And I'm thinking, flippin' heck, they might as well carry on and preach what I've got to say. Um, But there's something, I feel, where we are as a church, it is very, very important. So, you Latin scholars, what does carpe diem mean? Oh, yes. Well, all I'd say is do it because we're in that period of time when we, as an army of ordinary people, Can carpe diem. If you're Bristolian, you say carpe, carpe diem, or whatever you say, but it's time. It is time, isn't it? And I feel like God wants to take us beyond the limits. That must mean there are limitations that afflict us and affect us. There's walls, there's all sorts of boundaries that have been put up. But I think it's time for us to go beyond, don't you? It reminds me of an eagle song. Anybody... Know the song that I mean? Come on then, was it? Yeah, but next bit? Yeah, well I don't want to go to the limit. I don't want to go one more time. I want to go past it. Beyond the limit. It's so I like that song, I'd sing it to you if you like. All right then. Suit yourselves. But it's to me this is important, and I'll get to Abraham in a minute, and we'll, we'll look at a few things in his life, and I'll do some personal application, and may you be challenged and take away something because we're going to end up at the cross. Well, there's a, I got one and a few silences, but that's where I mean. What he wants is what or whom you love most. I think the only way I can describe who I love most, is when I look in a mirror. He wants you. And he'll come close. And there's nothing like his presence. He does chase us, but he does draw us to himself. And uh, it's a bit like, to me anyway, uh, the, the Shulamite woman, um, whose name sort of has a root with Shalom, and Solomon with Shalom, this whole thing. When she said to him... Um, she wasn't French, but it's better with a French accent. My darling, let me kiss you with the kisses of my lips, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> you naughty lot.
1: <laughs>
2: but what she wanted, who can I... I can't do it to anybody, actually. <laughs> what she wanted was a full front... Oh, stunt Oh, missus. <laughs> what she... Well, it, this, is, this is fully focused, lip-to-lip, personal um, snog. You know, that's what it is. And, but the rabbis say the kissing of the lips is God kissing you with his word. Got right? that? There's something of intimacy about that. And, uh, you know, she wanted him close. So, you know what he did? He took her to his private apartment. You read it in Song of Song 1. And as he drew her closer, she said two things. She says, I am black and I am beautiful. I quite like the second one. But the first one, forget her color. She's probably a bit darker than most of us. I have a granddaughter who's mixed race. South African. Maybe she was like her colour. Beautiful olive skin. It's not like pussy pink, you know. And as she was drawn close, she saw who she was. Something of beauty. But she also saw the darkness of her heart. And it's time, people. It's time. The new season is coming on us. And uh, I, I just long for that sort of thing to happen. Don't you? Yes, Good. Are you sure? <laughs> because you'll get your heart exposed. And uh, I feel sort of excited about that. If I can, I was reading the Times. I read the Times, you know. And it was a couple of years back. It was a Saturday Times. I'm into this this business page. And I read this thing. God spoke to me through the Times. Can you believe it? At least it wasn't the Sun or the low-budget daily. M- at all. And. And this is, and I've adapted this because it's about industry, but I've adapted. There are three kinds of churches. Those that make things happen. Those that watch things happen. And those that wonder what happened. (laughs) Where are you? Where are you? Those that make things happen. Those that watch things happen. And those that wonder what has happened. I really like that. I thought, flip me. Lord, you're speaking to my heart about that because I know where I want to be, don't you? I don't want to watch it go by. I don't want to hang about and back off somewhere. I want to be right... Lord, the front line is so large, it takes take us all. Or do you want to stay at home and pray? Oh, come on. It's so important, but he wants to take us beyond the limits. I've got this illustration. I kept thinking about Al McDonald. Why would I think about... Al? Anybody know who he is? No, he's a Canadian. He's a little short guy with white hair and a little sort of goatee beard, and uh, he's a Canadian, and I kept thinking about him, and something happened to him. He's one of the leadership team in Toronto, and something happened to him, which I think is hilarious. Do you want to know? But God, all right, but God challenged him, and he needed to make a choice to move on with God, or to, as they say, I now live near Lancaster, they say Shawthorpe. Shawthorpe, anybody here from that area up north? Hey, short, short, short. that's about right. It's a bit low budget, really. Um, so here he is. He's in the Toronto meeting. This is in the 90s, so it's, it's early on, and he's on the floor. Anybody been on the floor there? And me, yeah. And uh, he's on the floor, and he senses this language coming, which was really a new language that God was giving him, and it was peculiar, it probably to him, a Canadian, didn't sound like a new language at all. So he made a choice. So was on the floor, and I can tell you the first word. So he begins to talk loudly, and he goes, Hi! Hey! Hi! Hey! And then he goes, oh. And as he's doing that, it wasn't that, I can't, I can't copy what he did, but as he did that, he suddenly sensed a whole bunch of little men around him. Those little men heard him speaking their language, and they, with their little legs, ran as fast as they could out to him, and were looking at him, because he was speaking Japanese, and they were pastors, and they understood every word hes I'm getting the tingles. The first word is hai, which means, yes. I don't mean hai, I mean, yes. yes. Yes, hai. And I'm thinking to myself, this is something else. God drew him beyond the limits. John Arnott, who's desperately, wonderfully naughty, took him to Japan. <laughs> and at the right time, and I've, it, and I've done it, I don't know whether to repent or not, you could say, um, Toyota, or Hamosaki and he'd go, Hey! And he'd go off, you know. I don't know what you think about that, but it's true. And we wet ourselves many times, nearly. <laughs> But he went and spoke in Japanese and brought the prophetic word of the Lord to these... Ja- Isn't that something else? I say, Lord, take me beyond the limits. Plenty of time. That was out of key, wrong. Anything. But you've got the point. And I feel like whether you're young like me <laughs> or old like... Um... <laughs> Mr. Robinson, Jesus loves. Never mind. Oh, God. I feel like he wants to. He's after. You know, God is after us. To be honest, yeah. he is, and uh, I just love him for it. Don't you? That that song is so precious. You sang it. Did you? Who sang it? Started singing it. Yeah, Lauren Brails. Such anointing. Let the prophetic word just be released through her voice. Yes. And write songs, Lauren, write songs, because they're buzzing around it, does she? Write more, yeah. Carpe diem. The thing is, we all create our own caves, don't we? And Elijah, God's man of power for the hour, you know, he did what he did, didn't he, with the, um, what do you call them, the prophets of Baal and Asherah. They all got killed. It's, it's full of blood, isn't it? And he's uh, halfway at the mountain, he put his head between his legs and that he lost his head and said to the servant go up and see whether there's a cloud You remember and it all happened and then he ran down the mountain and it was pouring down with rain and he overtook um, Ahab in his chariot talk about the road runner it's so brilliant isn't it and then Jez herself threatened him and he goes down the drain and goes into depression and uh, he, he goes into the desert and sits under a tree Do you know what it was called a broom tree because he was a brush off you read the scripture oh it, I have to tell you, it may get worse. (laughs) And he goes 40 days, 40 nights, and he gets fed by ravens, or is it angels? Who got fed by angels? It is angels, isn't it? It's angels, Lou. Yeah. So that's angel cake. Told you it got worse. Yeah. And he ends up where he shouldn't be, really. He ends up, he doesn't realize, he's in the mountain of God, which might be at sort of Horeb-Sinai's place. Maybe the place where... Um, Moses in the cleft of the rock saw the presence of God. Maybe the same place. I'll think about that. And the Lord says, Hello, what are you doing here? As if God didn't know. By the way, I'm not started yet. And um, and uh he says, Oh you know, and he goes off and mant his violins, if you're my age you'll understand, all the violins are and there's all sadness and sorrow and he goes into doom and gloom and all this business lower lip drops. And uh, he says, "There's no one left but me." Ever said that? And me, eh moi? Yeah, no one else. I mean, look at you lot. There's plenty else, isn't there? And he goes in a cave, and what he heard in the cave was the sound of his own voice. It was full of doom and gloom. It's just amazing. You know, we've all got our caves. To it's time they were demolished. To be honest, time to. The Lord said, "Oi, come on out." I don't know whether he did say "oi," but. He said, come on out and stand where? Stand on the edge. He's calling us to stand on the edge. And what came? Fire. Wind. Earthquake. Didn't like it up a mic. And just all there. But God wasn't in that. It's funny because God was in the fire back there, but not now. Interesting. And God spoke to him in a... Yeah. Therefore, we need to be still and small. You see, and God commissioned him for the next journey of mentoring. I'm sure Phil and Heather mentor up-and-coming leaders. It's important to hand the baton on in the right time, not yet. There's plenty to build and do, isn't there? But he actually touched three people. One was Elisha, and it, it all happened and I feel what God was doing was speaking to him so that the pain and the issues in his heart were exposed and dealt with. And then he moved on to the next thing. Hello. One of those times. Oh, I've seen a clock. I'm all right. Good. And I think there's something about Abraham that I'm led to that sort of encapsulates this. So, are you ready? Shall we go? Okay. Let's go. I don't know. Genesis 20 might be good. Because I believe what God was doing was challenging Abraham to go. Be, I mean, God spoke to him in Iraq, wasn't it? The Ur, from the Earl of the Chaldees. I mean, it's miles away. You look at it on a map. And that God speaks to this guy who has to leave everything and go on this journey to, to Israel. Yeah. And to me, that's amazing. The Lord told him step by step, and God promised him. It's interesting what was said earlier. It really is. The promise of God. And how many times did God promise a son? I'll tell you, shall I? Six times. God said, you are going to bless the whole earth. Every family in the earth is going to be blessed. And you're going to have sons more than the sand of the seashore, good grief. More than the stars in the sky. It's an amazing testimony, isn't it, of God. It's the spirit of prophecy. And six times through his life as he gets down to Israel, I want to call it Israel if you don't mind, because Palestine is a derivative of Philistine. And the Romans chucked out the word Israel and called it Palestine. Do you mind me calling it Israel? Good. That's all right then. And it was amazing. And it, it, it didn't stop God drawing him closer the promise was not revoked, it was confirmed time and time again. And wherever Abraham decided to stay in that journey, the promise was given again and again and again. There was one little snack. Our Sarah was barren. And God kept giving him covenant. And his name was Abram, and she was Sarai, wasn't she? And what God did, he expanded the names. Abram became Abraham. And Sarai became Sarah. Do you know what that is? That's the name of God put into their names. Now that's covenant for you. We're Christ's people. You see, the name of God was put right in. Abraham, Sarah. And so are we. And the promise kept on coming, which is marvelous. And, you know, what God was trying to do was to get him to receive the promise. You see... That proverb, now who knows the second bit of this? Hope deferred makes the heart. Next line, fulfillment is a tree of life. We need to learn the lot because we we linger around disappointment. That was interesting what you said, it's true, hope deferred. Let's deal with it, let's deal with the disappointments because I want you to be trees, don't you? Fulfillment is a tree of life says in, in Job that you, you know the, the tree can be torn apart. But at the scent of water, the green shoots grow again. I'm telling you there's green shoots. Scent water? I tell you the life of God is here. Right in this place. Hi! Hush! ho ho yeah ho etc., etc.
3: Come on beyond the limits. Let's
2: go for it. <speaking in Spanish> or whatever. Oh,
3: <laughs>
2: you think that... I have to, shall I tell you this or not? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that wasn't manipulation, was it? So I'm in this meeting in Canada, in this place called Singing Waters. Some of you have been there. Where are you? Ah, yeah. And so I'm speaking on a Saturday night. Ever been carried out of a meeting under the Spirit? Ever been carried in? <laughs> So I'm there, and we're in the wash... Not the washroom, that's the toilet. We're in the the place where the dishwashers are and the washing machines. Yeah, all, yeah they, they. the laundry. Yeah, we're in there, in a, ran in a circle, praying praying for me. And this lady comes up to me. I mean, she goes right in my face, and she starts speaking in tongues loudly. You know,
1: she goes, hussay, 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 hussay,
2: hussay. And she goes on and on. I'm thinking, back off, babe. You know, she was older than me, but... And, it, and suddenly, as I was sort of resisting, I f- felt a sense of the Holy Spirit beginning to stir me to respond in tongues. So I thought, do I go beyond the limit? Now, this is beyond the limit, I'm telling you. And I cannot remember what it was, but I spoke something like this. Oh, toyo nama tai nima ho. This is true. It wasn't like that. It was like that, but that wasn't it. As I'm saying that, the lady that was sat next to me jumps out of her seat. She jumps out of her skin because she's Chinese and I'm speaking Mandarin about the revival coming down the coast of China. So come on. Come on. You can. You can. I can't remember what I said. Maybe God's good, eh? The spirit of forgettery was on me. And this whole thing goes, goes on and on and it gets to the point where E, Abes, is 99. And she's, how old is she? 90? Yeah, and they still haven't got any children. Except one who... They had, not Abraham and Sarah, but it was Abraham and Hagar, the servant. And his name was Ishi, wasn't it? Ishmael. But it was the son of the flesh, not a son of promise. So 99, and she's, I would have thought, if she's 90 and he's 99, I would have thought her baby house would just about have had it, wouldn't you? There's no womb in the womb, is there? (laughs) Just made that up. And I thought his swimmers had no strength to get through at that age. Are you with me? I'm thinking, this is... But you see, God is never late, is he? He promised six times. You just... Sorry, I'm paraphrasing because I've got to get to the essence of this, which which isn't there yet. And um, it says here... I'll confirm my covenant with you again. And Abe fell on his face, nothing new. And where does it say? It? it says somewhere, oh, I've got it. Here it is. No, I can't find it. Oh, verse 18. No wonder it's over on the other page. I've got it. He says, the Lord says, this time next year, hey, oh, lad, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a son. And he says in verse 18, nah. What about Ishmael? If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Well, actually, he did. You notice where the oil has been, although they found a fantastic gas discovery in the Mediterranean within the boundaries of Israel, haven't they? Just Yeah, it's brilliant. But Ishmael was blessed. But what he was saying was this. Do you think we have it all, God? I think I've got enough. I want to stay where I am. But you see, God is with Ishmael, but Ishmael was never God's best or his ultimate purpose. Why? Because he's a son of the flesh. And God is saying, I want a son of promise. I want a son of promise. The son of promise or the son of law. Ishmael the slave, but the son of promise is a son. Absolutely important. Did Abraham want change? Do you want change? I have to say constant change is here to stay. It's true. And we're in change. We're in transition. We're in movement. It's so, so important, isn't it? Yes. Abraham didn't want. Jacob didn't know. God's been here and I didn't know. Abraham, I don't. I, I, I want to keep ishy, you know. But it wasn't God's best. So this is not time to settle. We're pioneers, aren't we? Oh, it's, we're pioneers, yeah. We are. We're people of the breakthrough. You say, oh, no, it's all right for him. No, it's not, as you'll see soon. You're here. It's not all right for me. I feel like the same as you. Frail, a bit broken, vulnerable, in my humanity, carrying pain. Hello. We're like that really, aren't we? But I'm not going to go into the doom and gloom of that. I'm going to recognize it and move on so, so important. Why? Because the promise of God is limitless. Limitless. Chapter 18, verse 1. There we are. The Lord appeared to Abe near the trees of Mamre. He was sitting there, and Abraham looked up and saw three men. And so he goes into the tent to to offer hospitality. And they began to speak to him which is amazing, really. I'm sure they were angels, and one might have been a christ which is like a manifestation of Jesus in the Old Testament. It's all right, isn't it, Melchizedek was? So it's okay. And um, he says, Where is your wife, Sarah? And uh, he, he, he said, Well, she's in the tent. And then the Lord said, I'll return to you about this time next year, because Sarah is going to have a son. Now, I know this is a lady, but men are just as bad, aren't we men? Put it like this, the first woman was deceived terribly, wasn't she? Really led up the garden path, is that right? Question, where was the man when the woman ate the fruit? Next to her. I heard that loudly, yeah. So that doesn't make the man deceived, it makes him rebellious point taken so he says so what she was doing she wasn't in her tent she was outside the tent ear wigging having a listen to what was going on oh I, don't, I do like it it's so funny really and um, they said you can have, she's going to have a son and Sarah verse 12 laughed she went ha ha she says I'm worn out and if this old boy is too old, it says here, well, I now have this pleasure. Well, old, keep that close. But oh, It's all real, isn't it? <laughs> My goodness. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And she was afraid. And she said, I didn't laugh. And he said, oh, yes, you did. And she said, oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's sort of there. It's a pantomime. It's so, br- you in there with me? You need to come in. It's so brilliant. And, ha, you know, it is so precious. Oh, I do love it, don't you? I do. And you know what happened. Now, here is something very interesting. Where's Romans 4? Oh, I've got it. It's after Romans 3. Yeah, put that there. And i just let you read this quickly. The promise comes by faith so that it may, verse 16, may be made by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring because it was guaranteed to him and something happened. And because that happened, we can enter into the blessings of Abraham, which Galatians talks about is the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, that's worth a few to is, come on. And uh, it says that. And it says, Abraham, against all hope, believed and became the father of all nations. Against all hope. He believed. And it says this, So shall your offspring be. And without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Remember the swimmers? He was about 100 years old, and her womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. You know these awful graphs in maths? It didn't go down. He didn't waver. It wasn't constant. He did not waver in his unbelief, but grew in strength to believe the promise. He believed a promise that naturally, physically, was impossible. Now, you know that faith without works is dead. Do I need to continue the story about Abraham and Sarah? You understand what I mean? They got a little close together, of course. Um, And he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. I want to tell you, God has the power to do what he has promised. He just needs to, I think, take us beyond the limits. Are you going to go? Look out, he'll set you up. But it will be to his glory, hell, this place will become too small sooner than you think.
3: It already is?
2: All right. That place that you're going to will become too small (laughs) sooner than you think. Hey! And what happened was, it's good, it's the principle of disability, because God disables us so that his ability can come into our disability. Do you see that? is so important. In other words, I want to rely on his ability because I've relied on mine too much and I found out it's very low budget. It's not worth relying on. I'm not putting this off down, I'm being honest. What it does to me and makes me trust God. You'll understand that a little bit more in just a second. And this is marvellous. He marries a barren wife. Isn't that something else? A barren woman. And they can't have children. And it gets to the stage where it's impossible. And yet God kept on and on promising, drawing him closer, exposing his heart. And finally, something happens. Now, in between all that, I'm in Genesis 20 now. In between all of that, we're doing all right, aren't we? The clock is going slower. I agree, it really. It is going slower. Thank you. Um, I'm only on page three. We come to somewhere else, which is absolutely crucial. Abraham moved on from there, went into the Negev, and met a king called Abimelech. And what Abe said to Sarah, he said, here. He said, he's a bit West country, Abe. He said, here. He said, when we get to that king, why don't you say you're my sister? Because if you're my wife, he might kill me and take you into his harem. And that's the second time that happened. So what you have... Is Abraham, God's man of power for the hour, full of unbelief, deception, unreality, fear, lie, and negative words? And it all pops up. And so the king, Abimelech, comes in and he's introduced as... He introduces Sarah as his sister. Well, Abimelech goes, Mm, 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 mm. Come with me, sweetie, into my harem. So the whole thing explodes and backfires. And as that begins to happen... Abimelech feels a bit ill, goes to sleep, and God speaks to him in a dream. Listen, you don't want God to come in a dream like this to you. It was a lucid dream, so you're dreaming, but you're in the dream yourself, and God comes into you, and into the dream, and begins to talk. Do you know what God said? Touch that woman, boy, you're dead meat. Wasn't exactly those words, but you know what I mean, don't you? You've had it, mate. You're as good as dead because the woman you've taken, she's married. And Abimelech, this is all in the dream, he said, well, he, he lied. She's, he, he said, she's my sister. What's going on? It's nothing to do with me. And yet he's becoming ill unto death. And at that time, something happened in the spirit. And all the women in the harem, in the, in the company of people, became barren. Oh, my life. Isn't that amazing? And this is, we're talking about the, the dream still. And God said, yes, I know he did this. You did this with a clear conscience. So I've kept you from sinning against me. This is why I didn't allow you to touch it. Now return this man's wife, because he's my prophet. First time that's ever mentioned in the scripture. And I'd go, if I was Abimelech, I'd go, what, 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 what? He's a liar, full of unbelief. He's a cheat. And he's your prophet. God does trust in strange people. You're listening to one now. People that have fallen deep, frail, broken and hurting. Oh, hello church. You know, we are God's, some of you might well be prophets or loss. I don't know. But we are God's prophetic, not pathetic, sorry, community. We are. There's a prophetic anointing that is just oozing through the walls and the ceiling and the floor of this place. Just, just I tell you, you come in through MI5 territory, and then you come into the glory, you know. As they're all looking at us with binoculars and cameras out there. Did you not know that? What a spooky place in the dark, isn't it? I don't know what you, how you manage in the winter, I'm sure. Get out of here. Get to that school quick. Ho, oh, I say, hoi, Ho! And he says this. God says, this guy, Abraham, is got to pray for you and you'll live. And I'm saying, I don't want him to pray for me. But the Lord said, well, you'll die. Oh, all right then, he'd better pray for me. Now, here's the problem. He prayed for Abimelech, which is brilliant, because he's, he returns to life. The dying man is healed. But how can... Remember, this is before Isaac's birth. How can a man who can't pray for his own wife to have a child, how can he pray for a whole bunch of women to be healed? Do you know what the answer is? First answer is, I don't know. Second answer is God. Yeah. God is taking Abraham beyond the limits. Yeah. He is. Getting him to do stuff which is utterly ridiculous, outrageous, is just all balderdash poppycock and piffle to me. It is. It's just beyond my, my logic reason. It's, it's, it's the spiritual realm of God breaking in, saying, do things that are impossible, Abes. Put your own name in there. Do things which are impossible. We can in Jesus' name. So he prays for these barren women, and guess what? Says, they're all healed. Isn't that marvellous? What I love about the fact that Sarah had a child and a son, and he was a son of promise, I love the fact that his name was Isaac or... Mishak, something like that. Do you know what his name means? Yeah. Ha, ha, ha! You know, laughter. Isn't that great? They're laughing at the impossible situation of everything. Now, before I go on further, which I will if you insist. <laughs> Thank you. My wife has been ill, some of you know this, for 40 years with something called MS. She's been in a wheelchair up to 20 years. And sometime, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years into this, somewhere in the late 1980s, however long that is, I don't know. She had MS 1971, so she's well into it. Um, I was preaching in this Baptist church. They're a bit charismatic um, in in North Bristol. And we were praying for people. And um, at the end of the meeting, this guy is wheeled out in his wheelchair and is there in front of us. And he had MS, multiple sclerosis, worse than my wife, Chris, much worse. And he was prayed for, and he got out of the wheelchair and fell over. I'm not sure whether it was God or whether he couldn't stand, to be honest. Anyway, they put him in a wheelchair, he goes home, and goes to bed, Wakes up the next morning, and there's no pain in his body. Sometimes people with MS get great pain. Pain's gone. He's in his wheelchair, goes through the day, goes back to bed, goes through the night. Next morning, fairly early, he gets a touch of TB. Tiny bladder. That is not worth laughing at. In other words, he needs the bathroom, doesn't he? So he thinks, I need the loo. He pulls back the duvet. Gets out of bed, walks across the um, the, uh, bedroom floor, into the um, hallway, and stops. Why am I walking? I can't walk. And he's walking. I'm telling you, he's healed. He is healed. Absolutely amazing. Now, I know he's healed. Well, I'll tell you why in a minute. But he thinks, this is amazing. I am healed. We saw him, Chris and I, at a Cayley thing, you know, where we all dance and go berserk and fall on the floor and all this sort of nonsense. And this guy, who's a bit working class Bristolian, swears occasionally, but I don't mind that do you and he's jumping up and down, his knees are going up to his chin, he's he's having a right root and tootin' time. And then he'd come back to us and say Chris, I want God to heal you. Don't matter about me, bleep, bleep, asterisk, asterisk, you know, and all the swear. And, you know, and he's up and down, he's going berserk. It's incredible. So he gets to the place where he thinks, I've been on benefits too long. I want to stop my benefits. This isn't bad. I want to get a job. So he goes to the place, the agency, or the social doodahs, and says to them, you need to know, I am not ill anymore. God has healed me. I want a job. And they said, No, you cannot have a job. You must have your benefits. And this goes on for three plus years, maybe longer. Year after year, he goes back, he goes back, and they got really off with him and she's off and everything else off with him. And he insisted and he's he's normal. It's amazing. So what they do, they said, I'll tell you what, we'll send you to a government agency. Uh, medical place, where they will examine you. It's one of these furtive buildings, like this lot out there, up in Bristol. It is. I used to, you could see Roger Moore come out of these buildings, can't you? And it's a, a, a single story, red brick place. I bet they're here. I can see one there. And he goes to this place, and they examine him, and they can't find anything wrong. So they say, walk down this corridor. So here he is. He's walking down the corridor, all sort of perky, when a side door opens and a nurse comes out with a tray full of instruments and they're going to collide. What does he do? He sort of skips round them. They said, okay, 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 you're healed. I'd like to see his notes. I'd like to see what they said. I think he's with, the, he's with the Lord now. I think he died sort of natural stuff, you know. But he was healed. Medically authenticated. Here's the thing. Who prayed for him? Me me? Is that God taking me beyond the limits? We have seen enough to know that God does miracles. When it comes personal into your family and I pray for her every day and I meet people that pray for Chris and I just the last six months she's not been able to get into bed alone She can get out. can't get in. Her legs have gone weaker. So when I'm away, the nurses come in and facilitate her. And sometimes they come at 7 o'clock or half past 7 at night to put her to bed. I thank God they come. Sometimes it's a bit early. But she puts up with it and all that sort of thing. Don't get sentimental. Just identify. Empathize. So she gives up a lot for this. Maybe you'll meet her one day nice, she's alright, she's sneaky we, we did a uh, um, something on healing and suffering a conference once and we start off with her, she's on this platform, she comes and they lift her up in the wheelchair, she's on this platform and she starts on the Friday night by saying this, you can see that I'm ill you can see there's something really wrong with me I can't see what's wrong with you but I know I'm more emotionally healed than you stab well, we had a time, I tell you. She's quite secure in that. And she gives me a look. Do you know those looks? If the naughtiness comes do you know those looks, wives and husbands? But I this this really caught me off this this chapter. It really did. But you see, he's my prophet, he'll pray. Did he deserve any of that? No. Neither do I, but his grace. It's the grace of God. Do you deserve it? No. Can you do it? Not in your own strength. You you need to be disabled so that you can trust in his ability and not your own. Now we're leading up to the final bit here which is in chapter somewhere 20 something, 2. That will do. It starts off by saying sometime later God tested Abraham. First of all, first of all, how old do you think Isaac was when God began to test Abraham about his son? Could shout out some ages. Five, Five three, eight. 13, Twenty. What do you th- Thirteen. 30. thirty. I reckon he was around thirty. It can be sort of proved that somehow. So we're not talking about a bar mitzvah boy. We're talking about a young man Anybody under my age is young. <laughs> He's about 30. Now, as I go on with this, would you do something in your mind? Parallel what I'm saying with the Father God and the Son Jesus. Would you do that? If so, and I'll refer to it. We'll do a bit of juxtaposing, shall we? Would you like to juxtapose with me, Mrs.? No. no. Just parallel it. Apply it. It's so brilliant the scripture I'm talking about. It's just... I don't know how God thinks all this up to you. It's absolutely amazing. And we're coming somewhere. We're going to come to the cross. All this, what I've been saying, is God wants your heart. I think this is the place, don't you? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. I'm going into a Pentecostal song. I'd better stop. So God tests him. Um, I think... God tests, but I think the enemy tempts. The enemy is the tempter, but God tests. Bear that in mind. We can't develop that, but it's something quite interesting there. We need to learn to discern, don't we, Scottish people? We really do. And uh, I think it's brilliant. And the Lord says to Abes, Abes, he says, here I am, take your son, your only son, Think of John 3.16, your only begotten son, your son of promise, your son of miracle. A virgin shall conceive. You're there, aren't you? It's so, it's just classic. Take your only son and go to the region of Maria or Mariah, Some say Marie, double E, Maria, and sacrifice him and kill him. Now, I don't think God was into child sacrifice, do you? Well, interesting, isn't it? Take that which you love most of all. Remember the mirror? Take the darling of your heart and offer him up to me. Heather mentioned our Mary, who broke the phial of ointment. That was the most expensive thing she had in her life and she broke it open and gave herself and this the most expensive thing she went beyond the limits absolutely amazing and the whole room was filled with this anointing aroma I just want to live in that don't you I want to live in a healed brokenness where the anointing of the spirit flows out of me and touches and influences and ministers to people wherever I go even in Tesco or Asda, or anywhere else. It's true, isn't it? It's so powerful. One of the mountains, Maria, means chosen by God. Go to the place chosen by me and offer him up. And Abraham says, all right then. I wonder what he felt like inside. I think he knew that he had the promise of God, He knew by faith. You see, Isaac was already raised from the dead, being born. Because nothing could live in the womb. And it was impossible for the swimmers to fertilize the egg. It's it's all impossible. So, it was resurrection. Do you see? So, is he going to get in a state? Because he's thinking to himself, maybe, if God is raising from the dead as he's born... God can easily raise him from the dead. I just love it, don't you? And we flip, we spook, we, we, know, we, we need with respect to change our mindsets and our belief systems. Forget about casting out demons and all the rest of it. Let's, let's, get, our mind, let's get the way we believe. There's all sorts of issues like that because we go into belief systems and we go down with them. And, but I want Father Heart mindset, don't you? I do want Father Heart's structure of belief within me so that I can push back the limitations of negative belief systems that have been put into my heart. Me being um, an orphan-hearted, my parents were alive, but I I was an orphan. They loved me, didn't show it, and all the rest of it. Another time, I'm sure. But there it is. And his belief system was absolutely brilliant. So early the next morning, verse 3, Abes got up, saddled the donkey, took two of the servants and his son Isaac. Now, where is he going? He's going to Moriah. Well, that's in the hills of a place called Possession of Peace, which is known as
1: Jerusalem,
2: the Possession of Peace. He's going to Jerusalem. And do you know where he's going? He's going to the Temple Mount. He's going... Just by the side of the threshing floor of Aruna, that David bought and Solomon built a temple on there. It's all in that temple area. That's where he's heading for. Did you realize that? He's going to Golgotha, which is known as Calvary. that's, That's where he's going. He didn't know that, but we now know it. He's going there. The heart of our faith. Absolutely brilliant. Golgotha. Some people say Moriah is the place where Jacob had his dream. I, I don't know. Put that to one side. The problem is, one of the holiest sites of Islam is right in the middle of the holiest site of the Jews. Oh dear, will this ever be resolved? You might have your thoughts. But something's going to happen, isn't it? So God is testing him. Take your only son. Which one? Ishmael or Ishaq? You know it's Isaac, don't you? you know it's laughter? Ha, ha, ha! I'm taking laughter with me. He he knew it wasn't Ishmael. He knew it wasn't the slave, the son of the flesh, the son of the law. He knew it was the son of the promise of God. And faith was in his heart. Absolutely challenging. Terrific. Early thirties. And where's Abraham's confidence? Is it in God or is it in his son? Do you know what this is? This is a test of heart love. Hello. He's going to draw us. We've sung it. Heard it prophetically given. All sorts of stuff. It's just amazing to me. I was thinking, saying to them, stop preaching my sermon, you lot. You know. But it, it, it is. It's amazing. And so this, this, to me, is a test. This is Abraham's Gethsemane. This is, this is the Shulamite being drawn into the secret place of the king. And she sees that she's beautiful, but she sees the darkness of her heart. You're going to come in? Oh, dear Lord. I tell you, is it a battle? You better believe it. Satan tempts us to bring the worst out in us. God tests us to bring out the best. God requests, Satan demands. Enough said? Absolutely amazing. He says, please take your son. This is a father, not a judge. God gives opportunity for the covenant to be responded to. It is not earned. There's option, but there's purpose, but Abraham had a free choice. Are you with me? No problem. Absolutely amazing. Let's go beyond that. Begotten. Unique. Hallelujah. Faith is the ability to see God in the dark. So off they go. And he cut enough wood, Abraham, I'm on verse somewhere, 3, for the burnt offering. And he set out for the place God had told him. I just love this because this is so prophetic. On the third day he looked up. Friday's here, but Sundays are coming. On the third, I love third days, don't you? He looked up and he could see the hill in the distance. Do you know why? Because the the, the rabbinic commentary said, there's a cloud over that hill. Do you know what the cloud was? Shekinah. The glory of God was over that hill, Maria. Fantastic. He looked up. Look up. Look up for the promises of God are, yes, and I say amen in Christ Jesus. Look up. Lift up your head. Oh, ye gates. Lift them up. Absolutely amazing. Oh, it gives me the tingles. It's so marvelous. He saw the place and he said to a servant, stay here with the donkey and I and Isaac, we're going to go and worship. And then we will come back. What? See his faith? As we present our bodies a living sacrifice, it becomes our reasonable service or spiritual worship. We worship by giving ourselves. We worship by giving that which we love most. We worship by going beyond the limits. You're there. You're juxtaposing, aren't you? are there you are juxtaposing are you you are paralleling. It's so brilliant. Now, here's something. So, off they went, and it says in verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and put it on the shoulders of Isaac. Isn't that, who had the cross on his, are you with me? And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them went on together. And Isaac spoke up and says, Father, he says, yes, my son. He says, where is, where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb. Hang on. God himself is the lamb. Do you see God Himself. I just need to go husha patina yo. Anybody else? It's so brilliant. God Himself is the Lamb. He is the Lamb, and they went on together. Now this is interesting because Johnny e. Baptist, when he saw Jesus, I know it was his cousin. He says, "Behold the the Lamb." Yeah, he's a lion, but he's a Lamb. I want lion and Lamb character and personality mixed in with who I am. Don't you have it? Absolutely marvellous. Exodus 12, a lamb was taken for each household. A lamb without blemish. One-year-old lamb. Now, this wasn't a cuddly, dudly, coochie, coochie thing. They're up and about up north, masses of little frolicking, gambling lambs, jumping around, jumping on their mother's back. You no, know, it was a one-year-old ram. Our age? Around 30. Around 30. And this cuddly, non-cuddly thing, this maturing ram, was kept in the house in Egypt for about four days. Chaos, perhaps. Imagine going home and you got the ram there, destroying the kitchen, you know. And they then slaughtered the lamb. It needed to be without blemish, by the way. That means no marks. Now, do you you know what they did when they sacrificed the lamb in the temple? They inspected it to see if it had four legs and all the rest of it. And if it looked okay on the outside, they would scourge it with this great thing with iron spikes. They'd rip open the the back and have a look inside. And if it was okay, it would go to Jerusalem. It is interesting to me that the fields of Bethlehem were owned by the temple in Jerusalem. And the shepherds there may have been priests, but they had flocks of sheep to rear lambs for sacrifice. Where did I say? Bethlehem, the house of bread. He is the bread of life. And they put the blood on the doorposts and the lintels, and you know the angel of death passed over. There's Passover. And then he said, go and eat the lamb, and go out. Jesus says, I am the door. Enter into me, you'll be saved. Go in and find pasture. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Do you remember? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And the sheep was accepted. Jesus was on the cross from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., which was the same time given to sacrifice the lambs in the temple. It was exactly right. So they get to the mountain, which is at the site of the Temple Mount. It's Golgotha, the place of the skull. You Google that, you'll see the skull. It was there. That's where they went. <sighs> Absolutely amazing. Fire, judgment, knife pierced in like that spear. And Isaac is there offering himself in a voluntary manner. And he, he reaches up, takes the knife to slay and suddenly at the right time talk at the last minute god interrupts and says now i know now i know you fear me i suppose somewhere inside me there's a cry god could you say that to me do you know what my answer is i don't know i honestly don't know i want him to now i know this is obedience This is obedience to the point of death. Are we prepared? I don't think I could physically offer my life for any of you, if I'm really honest. You probably would with regard to your family. I certainly would to our 17-year-old going-on-29 granddaughter, her parents, and now our 12-week-old granddaughter called Joy and her parents. And Chris, but when I get to you, I might give a drop of blood to Mike and Beth, <laughs> a couple of drops to Dave and Sue. But, uh, uh, I'm trying to be honest. I don't know. It's powerful stuff, really. But he was prepared to kill his son because he knew resurrection. We know resurrection, really. Leave it there. He says, now I know you fear me because you've not withheld from me, your only son. And as they were talking, they heard meh, meh. And Abes looked up and he saw a ram caught in a thorny thicket by its horns, by its head. Remember that song? That head that once was crowned with thorns. There you are. There, isn't it wonderful? There you are. You know, I, I think funny. Do you think funny? I think longitude and latitude about this because that ram must have been told by God, ran the other side of the hill, ram, just pad up to that hill and go to this longitude and latitude and just wait. So as Abraham and Isaac were going up one side, the ram was going up the other. This is the provision of God. And can I jump? All right. I used to be able to not do that very well because everything outside of me used to go up and down a lot later. You know, it's a bit better now. This is God's purpose. I get the feeling with some of you that you're wanting provision of God. I want to say you may not see it, but I knew he said he's coming round the mountain. I don't mean that. round the other side. God is already working for you without you knowing. The ram is coming up the other side. Do you see that? Does that touch anyone? Yes. Let it be so. Let it be so. Hold in there. Not like Tom the cat going down the blackboard. (laughs) Not hanging on for grim death. But hang on with praise and worship. Hang on with the word of faith. I'm nearly there. And... The ram was there that became the substitute sacrifice. That ram was caught in this bush, this thorny bush. It can't get any better, can it? It's so amazing. It really is. I know you fear me. What's the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord. God's waiting for his perfect time. Absolutely utter obedience, complete trust, devotion that is not held back. The ram speaks of maturity and strength. Its horns are a symbol of strength. And it was the strength of Christ's love for you and me that got him to the point where he even said, my God, my God, you've forsaken me. You've rejected me. Father, you've orphaned me. But the divine exchange is that he was orphaned. He was rejected. He was killed in order that he might redeem, buy back the bride into a relationship with the Father. Do you see? You know what happened at the beginning. It all got didn't it? Reconciliation means the aggression has been taken out. We've been reconciled with God through the blood of the cross. Hallelujah. That's got to be our foundational point. I am redeemed. Not I might be, or I could be, or I hope so. No, I am. That's not arrogance. That's That's heart. That's knowing in me nowhere. That's heart experience. We are! There's another one. It's just amazing. Jesus was sacrificed, not in the temple, but outside at Golgotha, just next door. The highest point of Maria, where the sacrifice was. For the ram that was substituted for Isaac. Do you see?
1: Hallelujah.
2: Now, now then, then. now then. then. <laughs> What's it called, this place? Let's have a little look. Oh, I've got it. It's called, verse 14, Abraham called this place Jehovah Gyro? Who said gyro? <laughs> no, no, no. Gyra. <laughs> The Lord will provide. Now It says, it means this. Oh, it's so good I can't find it. <laughs> it means on the mountain of the Lord is God's provision. God is so interested and involved, He will sacrifice His own Son in order to bring us into this redemptive way. The kingdom of God and bring provision to us. He won't let us down even though times of challenge are ahead. Do you know why? I've read the end of the book, haven't you? We won. It's getting there. I don't care about dying, do you, going through a door. I care a little more of how I get there and what happens to me, being honest. But we've won! Oh, we are so rich. You know, England won the test. I assume Chris Froome won Tour de France. Well, that was louder than we won. Oh, you rotters. You know what I mean. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We see Abraham with active faith. We see Isaac with passive faith. Work that one out yourselves. Abraham would have given up his future, but God gave back and still gives him permission. We are sons and daughters of Abraham. We're Abraham's children. We're his descendants. And one day, the two witnesses, maybe they could be called, um, who, who, what were they called? Elijah and Moses. I don't know. They're going to join to one. Maybe that's a type of um, the Gentile and the Jew coming together. Ever thought of that? Anyway, there we go. Something's going to happen. But besides that, what about you tonight? There's a lot of things here. I think some of you need to come to Christ. You might have been born again for 40 years. Or 10 minutes. But I think it's a time to give your heart. And go beyond the limits. And say, Lord, here I am take me, I didn't mean to say this really, here I am, I'm going to come to the cross because I've seen something, Lord, you've caught my heart with your rhema. You've touched me. It's a challenge. If your heart's beating fast, if your blood pressure's going up, maybe he's speaking to you, he's got sneaky ways of doing it. Maybe it's a still small voice, it's the loudest thing in the universe for you. He's calling you to let go. He's calling you to break through limitations. He's calling you to deal with issues. Listen, if you're loud and noisy like I'm not, or if you're quiet and confident like I'm not, either or, it doesn't matter, what he wants is the real you released. It's time to go beyond the limits because there's been limitations. We want to see this prophetic, creative, um, what can I call you, body of people just going for broke, where... Miracles can be daily. Yeah. Miracles of healing. Miracles of provision. The only reason why we don't walk upon water is that we've got bridges to cross rivers. And there's all sorts of things like that. But there's, there's the provision of God. Somehow we can be the opposite to what's happening with austerity. And make, a, make a, um, an impact and an influence on society. But He wants your hearts. And really you're saying, let him kiss me. Well, come and kiss him. Let him kiss you back with his word. The word of revelation. He is to you, Jehovah Jireh. He will provide. I don't know what, how or what you go through, but I feel like he wants you. As I'm dribbling on, we're sort of winding down, aren't we? Thought. <sighs> Why don't you make a commitment to him? Would you like to do that in your seats now? Look at this space out here. Why don't you come and kneel before the cross? Whenever you're ready. What does now mean? Here he is. It's all right. God's got his hand on him, I'm telling you. The spirit of the Hoover is going to come in, though, and get rid of all of some stuff.
1: It's
2: great. Give you, give you. you're, you're, You're making a choice. You're making a commitment. And we've had enough promises about healing Chris over the years. And I want to rest in God's grace regarding that. Do you know what? She's a testimony to spiritual warfare because she does get out of bed every day. And she's saying, if I can say this in the Lancashire vernacular, she's saying, enemy, bog off. I'm getting out of bed and I'm pushing through. Do you see what I'm saying? Even though she's not healed physically, her heart is so for God. This is God. And she's a testimony to spiritual warfare. Are you? Just kneel, stand, whatever is comfortable because I just feel God's going to take hold of you and take you at his word. No, you take him at his word because he's going to take you at your word. It's such a brilliant story, isn't it? And yet the promise of God came and broke through at the most impossible time. We're sons and daughters. We're descendants of Abraham. We're people who can come into the power of the Spirit because of Abraham. You read it in Galatians and Romans 4 and all the rest. It's all there. God do a work. Can we have some worshipful music? Is that all right? Who's going to play? Bryony? Who's going to play? Still sort it out? I will. Please. Thanks. Let's just worship, shall we? Why? Because it's our... It's it's the way we sacrifice. We give ourselves as we were doing. It can be gentle and quiet, but let let the sound of music sound into your spirit and just touch you with God's presence. Yes? That's what I want. Oh, Father, come by your spirit. Touch us. And as you're at the cross... Give yourselves permission to let water come out your eyes. Come on, we don't want, remember what Mike said, no stiff British upper lip here. Let's go for it. Let's give ourselves. Oh, my goodness me. I think you're all brave, you know. Maybe we're foolhardy in the eyes of the world, but in God's eyes, I tell you, he's going to draw close. Deal with these issues in your hearts. Deal with them. Let them walls of Jericho come down. Do you know what Jericho means? It means fragrance. Get those walls down and that fragrance will come out. Jericho was the key to take the promised land. Maybe you're here because there's some keys going to be released for you to come into your land of promise. Do you see?
3: Do it, Lord.
2: He's still talking to you. I don't mind you sitting there in neutral, but don't sit there in negative. It's either neutral or positive, isn't it? You're right, I get through. Well done. Stand on the chairs, that's what I like. Come on, take risks. Take risks. This is serious because you are giving your life I'm off tomorrow, I'm back on the train, up north, six hours on the puffer train. I don't care. I do care. But you're gonna carry on with your lives. I'm gonna carry on with mine. I'm going back to Chris and all things that are happening and ministry that's going on. We got a wedding next Saturday as well. Brilliant. But I just wanna declare he's gonna do something with you. He's gonna do something. You're going to be put into situations and circumstances that you're going to go beyond the limits. You're going to take a step out of faith. And what seems impossible to your mind, you all know it's possible because God's saying it. That might mean leading people to Jesus. That might mean praying for the sick in the street. That might mean talking to the neighbours or talking to some of your family that you haven't been able to do because you know they've got questions but there's been an issue. Pushing through. There's all sorts of things. That means encouraging others. That means going to that broken Christian who's disillusioned and hurt. That means speaking the word of God. That means eating your, the word of the Lord so that you've got rhema for your breakfast every day. All sorts of things. That means you moving out in gifts of the Spirit, in the word of knowledge. These interesting tongues, you know, the prophetic anointing. That means you're being creative in business. That means you're getting revelation of inventions and new things in your business. That means you going higher and higher and doors opening into high places in um, the industry that you're in, in education, in social work, in, in um, medicine. That means God opening doors. That means you're going through because you're ready for that to happen. I think he's been waiting for you. Doors are going to open out there in society for people like little old you and certainly little old me. I've been weeping more so in the last probably six months now than probably ever in my Christian life except at the time I found out I was illegitimate. That was another story. But come on. Get soft. Open your hearts. Let Him do it. Because I tell you, coming out of Moriah, the promise will be released. Hoi! Hasa!
3: Oh just do it. Just do it Lord. Just do it. Just do it, Lord. 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 Just do the work, let it be deep, to deep, Lord. Go deeper than ever, remember that song we sang deeper and deeper. Do it, Lord. Pull us in as we pour ourselves out. Just do it, Lord. Just sing with me Sing out, sing out Come on I can't do it as a crow for very much longer Come on, come on Sing, sing, sing Let's worship him Yemasi si tu tu yama o masengi, si O makima <speaking> se, maman <in> si <foreign> te po 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 po, po po si te. O se katati kuna po te pi panga po romba te O sanga kin kanga po, eh, <speaking in Spanish>
1: Just take steps of faith, sing out, push through. oh, my oh, 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 sing, sing, sing. Sing, sing, sing. worship, God, for time. for I'm oh, no.
4: how you get to that place of that passion is by making declarations like that and as we sing that and as we declare it encourage you to do that day by day I was made for loving you I'm a lover of your presence my heart is passionate for you then actually it comes to be so don't double your think, think to yourself and think oh I don't think I could say that that sounds a bit emotional or a bit deep for me speak it and it will be speak it and it will become an absolute reality so we just make this declaration together tonight That we are a people who love your presence. That's who we are. That's who we're going to be increasingly. We will honour you. And we will follow you. Be those obedient ones that you call us to be. My
0: I'm going to take you to the very edge. Because that's when things are going to open up for you. There'll be areas that I will lead in you into where you're going to feel very uncomfortable and very uneasy. And where things will make no sense in your mind. But I've given you my mind says the Lord, to think the way I think. So as soon as those thoughts that my Holy Spirit will drop into your mind that make no sense to you, and you begin to negotiate yourself out of doing what is crazy, you will know that my Holy Spirit has spoken to you. I'm calling you to go right to the very edge. I'm calling you to do the ridiculous so that I will do the miraculous. I'll make it so easy for you. You're the ones that make it difficult. I just want to renew your minds this evening with the washing of the Word of God. Even tomorrow, some of you, I will call you right to the very edge. It'll be a cliffhanger for you. And you will wonder, where am I going to go from here? Well, you can't turn back. There is only one way to go. And I will open up a way for you. And for those of you that have come to my cross this evening, the blood of Jesus flowed down the cross. And you are covered afresh this evening by the blood of that two-legged lamb and his blood is still powerful It's it's still warm it's still alive setting you free so lay down your burdens at the foot of the cross lay down wrong thinking I can't do you, do it you your prophesying lies into yourself, you can do it. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The king of the universe lives in you. He's going to do it through you. So this is the time to get both feet out of the boat. Because that's faith, not one foot. So are you prepared to take both feet out of the boat? Don't ask me to give you my strength to do what I'm calling you to do until you have got both feet out of the boat. So I'm just preparing you, some of you, even tomorrow, I will be calling you to do things that seem to you to be absolutely wacky and crazy. I'm calling you to do the ridiculous so that I can do the miraculous.
4: Dangerous prayers, Father, tonight.